What is up, world? You are in tune to the Know It All's podcast, and today we have a special guest with us. We got Miss Damu Mitchell, uh, or Dam Damu Cherry Mitchell, mm -hmm. um, and definitely we're going to be talking uh, the Olympics. We're going to be talking sports. She's here. She's a sports nut, just like we are. Uh, we're going to talk every phase, basically. We're, we're going to talk a little tennis. We're going to talk some swimming. We're going to get into it. Definitely, we got your, your usual suspects. Big G, what's up with it, man? How you doing? What's cracking, lacking, y'all? Know it all, crew. What's happening? Yeah, man. And then also we have Tate with us. What's up, Tate? How you doing today, man? What's up, Ma? What's up, Big G? What's up, Damu and all the Know It All listeners? Hey, look, man, we about to get into it. But before we do, let's get into this. As always, man, you got us here, your boys here on a Sunday afternoon. But like I said, we have a special guest with us today, Miss Damu. Um, and Miss Damu, so I want to introduce you a bit and you just kind of elaborate on that, man. I, well, you know what? I'm going to let you do that. Tell the world who we are and tell the world who you are. Uh, my name is Damu Cherry Mitchell. Um, I, am a, I am a wife, a mother. Um, I am a 2008 Olympian. Um, I don't know what else to go with there. I, I actually, I've lived my whole life for sports. I mean, I've been in sports since I was six years old. And I did from gymnastics to dance to um, gymnastics was the longest sport I did. And then, this, and then I, and I started running track when I was 16 years old in high school, which is late for most track and field athletes. Um, but I was able to build a career with that and, and make it to a world championship and Olympic team as well. That's dope. Like, I mean, you know, just to expound, like I, like I said, you know, she said she's from South Florida. She definitely went to South Florida University. Her personal best time is 12.44 in the 100 meter hurdles. That's fast. If y'all don't know, that's fast. First of all, she went 100 meters jumping over stuff at 12, man, that's 12 seconds. That's fast. That's faster than most of, that's everybody on this show, except her. And that's faster than most of the fellas man, I can run a 12, 4, 4? Man, you can't uh, run a 12, not, 4, 4, not, 40 not, right now. Not, you probably, you probably right. You probably right. Uh, well, let's put it this way. It took me some years to get there. My my first time ever running hurdles was 14 seconds. To be clear, so we had a big drops to make. <laughs> it took years. <laughs> well, I mean, it's de it's definitely one of those things that is an accomplishment, and um, it's not many people in the world that's doing that. I mean, just it is what it is. Not many people in the world is doing that. You know, we have uh, people who are watching the broadcast. People, 
you know, who have uh, some some smart questions like, do you jump over hurdles or do you uh, glide over hurdles? Which one is it? And I'm like, OK, so we don't need to talk about that. But the questions I'm going to get into first are about you and then we'll talk about um, the Olympics in general. So being an Olympian, what was it like? Describe that whole feel the, the feelings, the emotions, everything that went into you being a part of the Olympics in 2000, it was 2008, correct? Yes. Um, well, for me, it, like I said, I started running track really late um, because I swore in my right mind, I love me some Dominique Dawes, that I was going to be following in her footsteps steps, and I was going to be this Olympic gymnast. Um, back then, you know, coaches, now there's rules where you're not allowed to say certain things. My coaches were great. It was like other people outside of the sport that would say, hey, you're a little tall. Um, you're going through puberty. You don't look like the gymnast that, you know, back then. Now, Simone Biles and Gabby and all that, they have changed the whole thing. But it, back then, it was like, you know, you don't look the part. So, you know, you had a great career. It's time to move on. So I did move on. And I started running track. And my dad was just like, look, you can stop gymnastics. But no matter what, you got to go ahead and you got to do something. You're not going to go home every day after school and just sit down and chase out the boys. We're not doing that. I said, okay, well, okay, I don't want to run. I don't want to do nothing else. I said, well, I'm just going to run track and I'm going to run hurdles because the hurdles remind me of gymnastics. It's like doing split leaps over the hurdles. Yeah. I was wrong, dead wrong. Um, and I found the track coach my, my in my sophomore year at Lato High School. I found the track coach and I was like, hey, coach, I want to be on the track team. I want to run hurdles. He goes, nobody begs me to run hurdles. You're on the team. So he never saw me run. He's like, nobody begs to run hurdles. You're the first person to ever ask. And I'm like, how hard can it be? And I basically, he said, I don't know anything about hurdles. Like basically he helped me, gave me pointers, but I really taught myself at a hurdle, which wasn't always good because I developed really bad technique. Um, but one thing about me is I'm very driven and I'm very motivated. And I was like, no matter what, I'm gonna do what I need to do and I'm gonna win. So long story short, I ran in high school, did very well, undefeated high school. Um, I won pretty much every race until state. And that's when reality checked when the girls from up north showed me that you ain't been running long enough. And I got state or the nationals and I got like third and I was like, I got beat. Oh, my gosh. I'm not that good. But it did, it was good for me to lose on that high level because I realized you're good for Tampa, but you're not elite on a national level or a Florida yeah. State level. You're good, but you ain't that good. So it was a reality check for me. But I did end up getting a full ride to go to um, University of South Florida. Um, I wanted to be a Gator really bad, so I was going to walk on Florida Gators track team. But at the end of the day, once the, once uh, USF offered me more money, it was kind of like the Gators didn't offer me money. I had academic money, but not track money. My parents were like, you wanted to free school. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the one we don't have to pay for. College for, right. yeah. College yeah. for free. But it was a great experience. I still, it was still DD1. I still got to race the top girls in the country. So I knew where I needed to be. And I wasn't there still. I made it to NCAAs, but I never made it out of NCAA final. I was a semifinalist. But I still had this crazy wow. goal that I could be an Olympian. Um, and that's where I met my husband. He came to the track a couple times, Dennis Mitchell, and he was like, You could be good, but basically said you're fat. I was like, I don't like you. I don't like you. It was called, you said. <laughs> His exact words to me, like, you are good for everyday life, but you don't, he goes, go, I want you to go watch some videos on TV. Do you look like those girls? And I did it. He was right. Mm. 
had to lose weight. He's like, you good for the club, but you ain't good for to be an elite athlete. Mm. And I didn't like him because no one's ever said that to me out loud. Yeah. You wow. know, but it's what I needed to hear. And then from there, I was like, oh, you want to coach me? He was like, no, but yeah, I could coach you. I was like, whatever. So he ended up coaching me and long story short, fast forward, <laughs> I made it to the Olympics. I, I mean, it's a long story. I made it and um, it was a rough road. It was a lot of tears, a lot of crying because when you say you're you're that crazy to say I want to go to the Olympics you really don't understand what goes into it until you have to live it when you can't eat what you want you can't out you can't go to your family dinners you have to miss Christmas dinners you have to miss all the things that society says you're supposed to do to be great and I did those things I sacrificed good maybe decade of my life Hmm. becoming a Olympian wow that man, that see, that's I think that's eye opening in into a fact and to a point because um you don't just force gump your way into being an Olympian. That just doesn't happen, you know. You just don't fall into that. Oh, look, I'm an Olympian. No, you know, uh, I think a lot of people um, you know, when when you start thinking about that, they don't know the type of work and commitment that it takes, you know, um to actually be an Olympian. Sean, I know you had a question. Uh, for Damu, go ahead with it. Yeah, I, it's really a two-part question. The, the the first part of it is, you know, because of the current climate of what's going on with the Olympics and all whatever else, at this time, you know, when you went through in 2008, now there's new Olympians that sort of standing on your shoulders. But I wanted to know what it felt like standing on the sho- shoulders of like Jackie Joyner-Kersey, Wilma Rudolph, Marion Jones, and even Alice Coachman, who was the first African-American female to ever win an Olympic gold, you know, for you to show up in Beijing and what that felt like. Oh, for me, all of them are special. Don't get me wrong. But the reason I started running track was Gail Devers. And you remember her? Yes, ma'am. Um, I remember, I think I was 16 at the time. or I don't remember. Was, nine, was it 92? No, it was 96 Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. And I remember watching her run and she fell at the finish yeah. line. Won yeah. the 100 years. And I looked at my mom. I said, Mom, I want to run hurdles. I want to be like Gail Devers. And she says, well, go do it. I was like, I think she just said it kind of like, okay, Damu, go do it. But I don't know if she really thought I was really going to do it. But I think she, I don't know what she thought. But it was so crazy. The day I knew I made it was the day I was at national championships. And I was lined up to the person whose posters I had on my wall. I mm. was in lane five and she was in lane four. Yes, Jackie Joyner, all of them amazing athletes. But Gail, something about her, I don't know what it was. And even to this day, we're good friends, which is crazy. How do you become friends with your rival or your person you look up to? How does that happen? And so she actually was really, really great. She told me, you know, you have a great future ahead of you. She beat the crap out of me. But she was (laughs) like, you have a great future ahead of you. She goes, stick with it. But I mean, what are the odds that you can be in a, in, a, in a national championships next to the person you idolized your whole like life? Wow. And I was running through the mall at USF when she was signing autographs and I ran for her to sign my sports bra after practice. I was like, please, I still have that sports bra to this day. Right. <laughs> so it was because of her, like we can do it. And it's like that black girl magic too. Like we can be something, we can be great. And I don't think she realized that even Jackie, all of them, Flo Joes, you name it. They don't realize like, the inspiration that you they gave me to believe yeah. that you could do something big. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's a great answer, you know, cause that's what I was looking for to, to talk to kids, you know, right now. Cause a lot, just like Ma said, a lot of kids don't realize what it takes to actually be the best of the best. 
and be considered elite because that's what an Olympic athlete is. You know, so yeah. great, great, great information for those young people that are watching our show. My mm -hmm. second question was, um, could you talk a little bit about your transition from the Olympic and professional level and going back to like what's called everyday living and everyday life? Because a lot of young people think, you know, once I make it big and I run track for, you know, X amount of time or I'm a professional athlete for the rest, rest of a certain amount of time, then for the rest of the life, I'm set. And they don't realize like what happens, you know, and I, I just want you to talk a little bit about that transition. Well, from my experience, you know, I wasn't a hundred meter sprinter. I made good money. Yes, but I wasn't the you know, the hundred meter guys, hundred meter women. They That's where the money's at. And then you have your hurdlers, but we can make a living. I made a good living. Mm. I mean, honestly, I used to tell people I jump over sticks for a living. Literally, that's what I did every day. And right. it's, it's crazy to think of it that way. But literally, you could run 12 seconds and you go like, oh, you call your agent. Look. I need to make 10 grand and you go run those hurdles and you make that 10, 20 grand, whatever you need to do plus bonuses, whatever. So when you get into reality of real life, when it's over and you're like, Oh, I need to get a job now and work somewhere. And they're like, Oh, you get make, paid this for working this many hours. I said, you want me to do what? <laughs> I was depressed. I'm not going to lie. And the thing yeah. that saved me was that me and my husband, I was his first Olympian. So from there we decided we were going to, we helped high school kids. So while I was training, we trained a lot of high school kids and we helped them get full rides in track and field so that we could give kids the opportunity. The only reason that we stopped was once he became really, he's the best coach in the world. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. In the world, he had to narrow his focus down. So now he just coaches strictly professionals. So from there, we decided that we're going to teach them what we did, what we were told, but we weren't, we weren't given the tools. So we, we have, we don't, we don't get in their business, but we like, look, there's financial advisor over here. You need an encore career. You're not going to be able to run forever. I know you're in your twenties or you're, you know, you're 25. You think this is going to last forever. You are, what if you get an injury? We're like, you need disability insurance. You need all of these things. So we try to tell our athletes about it. And then we walk away because at the end of the day, they do have their own agents and stuff. And I wish yeah. I had somebody telling me that my mom was, but you know, it's mom. She's like, oh, you know, you got to pay taxes. Oh, yeah, mom, I know that. You're like, whatever. I'm going to go buy me a new car. Okay, mom. <laughs> but it's different when it's coming from someone that's not your mom and dad, right? Yeah. So I learned the hard way. And I didn't do right things. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Mm -hmm. And it was like when I finished, I, wasn't, I didn't have a wealth of money. The thing that helped me was that transition is knowing, like us, me staying in the sport, to be honest. Because there's yeah. a depression aspect that goes into it. Where you're like, you get up every morning, you eat your breakfast, you go to the track, you train, you get your massages, you come home, and you just repeat that cycle for years and years and years. And then it's like, it's over. And I was just like, so what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. 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 Hey, you know what you said? It's just really, it's so powerful <laughs> because there's so many probably young people that's going to tune in and watch this and listen to this. And you just gave them a lifetime of knowledge in like two minutes. So, you know, I mean, that's like some serious stuff because there's so many children, young people and young adults that I see that just can't transition. You know, they know when they're good in high school and they're good in college and they go, some of them get an opportunity to go to the pros, but when it's all said and done, they don't know what to do or what the rest of their life is about. So that information you just gave is super powerful. We really appreciate it here on the know-it-alls. Oh, no problem. And I had to also learn too, and this took time for me to learn. Track is something I do or I did. It's not who I am. Mm. So you have 
to know who you are as a person and know like people right. like me, oh, you went to the Olympics. I'm like, yes, I did that. That was a great part of my life. But in the day, I identify myself now as I'm Damu Aliyah's mom. Like I'm, I'm somebody, I, I'm more than track. I'm more, mm-hmm. than, it's not all of who makes me me. So that's why I tell a lot of people, I was like, yes, I did that, but get to know me on a personal level. Get to know like, yeah. what do you do on the day-to-day basis? Track is just something I did. It's not who I am. And I think that's where all of us get caught up as athletes. You think if you don't have that sport or that thing, mm. you can't do it. And the biggest thing that taught me, Kevin, you were around when I ruptured my Achilles. I couldn't run for half a year, literally hurtling, trying to ignore the pain, running, 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 boom, Achilles blown. Mm. Now reality sets in, you're like, wait a minute, it's time to think about something different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, similar experience. I have a daughter that was an athlete this year for her senior year in basketball. And one week before their senior year, you know, she's a four-year captain. She's trucking down the court in a scrimmage, having probably the best scrimmage of her life. And, you know, turns the, turns on a pick, boom. You know, Achilles gone, ruptured in half. 17 stitches <laughs> later, you know, basketball's over. And so now she's transitioning. So just like my daughter, there's a lot of those young ladies that played you know, high school basketball and stuff, and they're going on and do college and stuff like that. But they just basketball or sports has just been a huge part of their life for so long. And so I think that that, that information is valuable, especially to a lot of young ladies that I'm around and, you know, work with. Well, and I don't think it's just young ladies. I think that's a, a, a lesson, a, a life lesson. She just gave me a life lesson. Yeah. What you do does not define you. You know, it's not who you are. You know, it's definitely uh, you're more than that. And Tate, yeah. um, I know you have a question, man. Go ahead and you ask your question. Even though I know yeah. this is Ken folk, go ahead and ask your question. <laughs> yeah, first I was gonna ask Big G, which uh, which which one of your daughters, man? Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. my baby daughter, Trinity. Yeah. Did yeah. she did she did, did she have the hops like you? Big G had the hops, man. That 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 jumper was like two forty in high school, but he he could jump. <laughs> You know, um, the, the uh, crazy thing about that is he was just left-handed. I, he couldn't was left-handed jump. too. He couldn't, I'm blocking that. I'm blocking <laughs> that. That was called. Up. That was that's, called. Up. Dabu, was that's called. Him. That's called sibling, sibling rivalry. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> right there. But, yeah. but my, I guess I guess my question is 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 more of a comment, more of a comment than a question, because like 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 you said, Damu Damu is kin folks, so I've been around for a while. And, you know, I think the average person probably thinks that, you know, track and field is just every four years at the Olympic because that's kind of when it's at its pinnacle, right? That's when we all watch and that's when, you know, the prime time summer, summer, uh, you know, meets and events and stuff like that we're all watching for. But from from being being around and then being family, I've learned that track is year round. You know, it's, it's all it's all kind of stuff going on every, you know, all all time of the year, whether it's indoor, outdoor. You know all that stuff with track, and I was I was lucky, lucky enough, my wife and I to travel with Damu and Dennis over to Qatar, Qatar, back in in 2015. We spent almost a couple weeks over there because it was the the Doha Diamond Meet. Is that was that the one? Yeah, I had that meet every year. It's one of my favorite meets, and I actually run really ran really well when I went there. <laughs> yeah, I so- love Doha. So you know, so just just I, that, that's just the only comment I have. The track is really a year year round thing, and we see these athletes, or we think about them. They're 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 in the front of front of our conscience, you know, every four years at the Olympics. But really, this this is their career. This is going on all the time. 
I mean, and you know, I've, I've like I said, I've, I've been for and, and the track. Another comment is the track circuit, the track world is really like a small family, right? I mean, like, like Damu probably can tell you about, like you said, she she met in those Gail Devers, and that's you know, that's her friend now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was at one of their events that Dennis had in Florida. It's been a while ago, but at, at, at that particular event, I met Allison Felix probably about 10 years ago. You know, wow. I've been over their house and, and met and hung out with Justin Gatlin at a cookout before. You know, these are these are major gold medalist winning Olympians. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the 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 whole the whole track world is kind of like a close knit community. And, you know, just so just being around my people, I get to meet these people. And I just I just you know, that's what I want to share. Not so much a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I guess we'll we'll be getting into this year's games and what what athletes they have competing and all that stuff here in just a second with my take. Yeah, and, and definitely I, you, you right on time, you right on time tape, man, definitely going to want to switch gears. Um, you had mentioned earlier that you were into gymnastics earlier in your life. So I know that and in and, and a couple of conversations that we've had, you definitely fanned out over gymnastics where, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I, I was just into Dominique Dawes. I, that's that's all I knew, you know. Um, yeah, just a little, I had a problem as a child, but it, it was okay. It's okay. Um, so you watched that Prince yeah. video with Diamond Pearls? I know you was all over that video. Yeah, okay, no, that was, that video. what had happened is I saw she was hanging out with Kobe, and, and you know, <laughs> hanging out with Kobe. I was like, you know, she like urban dudes, so I might have a shot. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. But no, so get into the uh, gymnastics world. Um, basically, so I've seen a couple of things uh, in the news. Like, you know, I saw this comment that ESPN had up uh, the other day, and it just blew my mind. It was about Simone Biles. Uh, what's your take on this? Where, you know, Simone is saying that, you know, because of how good her skill level is, that she's kind of being like railroaded on her scores because of the simple fact that it's like, hey, we trying to don't beat everybody so bad. Because she dog walked in this last competition. Um, she dog walked them by like five points. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, so what's your take on that? Like, w- explain to the world why five points is a big margin. And then explain to us, you know, really what she meant by what she was saying. I'm going to take you back to 2013 when she won the world championships for the very first time. A lot of people don't remember. I watch gymnastics all the time. I studied the sport. Simone was falling all over the place. Literally, they were picking this other girl from 2012 or right after Dominique, not Dominique, I'm sorry, Gabby won. There was another girl they were shooting to be the next one. Um, Her name is Caitlin. She's actually, her, her floor team went viral. She's really good. But she had a lot of issues and I guess she had to deal with that. And it's, And she actually beat Simone. Like, and they were like, Oh, she's the next one. She's the next one. And I remember telling everybody, I said, y'all, when this girl gets her head together, no one's going to beat her. And she was falling all over the place. And and that was the year. I'm so sorry about my dogs. That was the year 2013 when Simone got her stuff together. I don't know what she did. I think I know she did get some counseling. I know she does see a therapist. She did say that many times. And that sports psychologist, whatever they're doing with her is amazing. Because after that, 2013, she hasn't lost a competition. Who does that? 2013 to now in what yeah. sport? In like, what sport? Usain Bolt, like he was one of those, but it's eight years. That's an eight-year run. Like and it's gymnastics yeah. too at that. 
And she took a year off after 2016 and still came back and got better. So what happened with that was, um, remember she started inventing skills called the BIOS, skills that no one can really physically do. And it all started in 2019 at the World Championships. She did a skill off the beam, a double twisting double back, which is incredibly hard. And they devalued the skill. And they said they didn't give her the points that she needed to do that skill. She was like, well, I'm not gonna throw it. And then she was like, the only reason they're devaluing, they said they're devaluing the skill because it's too dangerous. And we don't want other gymnasts trying this and hurting themselves. The thing is, they, they, they don't have to try and do it then, right? <laughs> so they didn't give it the, the code of points that it deserved. I'm sorry, racism all day. Then when yeah. she started 2013, they, some of the gymnasts, the European gymnasts, I don't know the exact names, but I remember reading an article and they were saying, oh, maybe if we paint our skin um, black, maybe we'll get high scores too. Excuse mm. me? It was said like out loud. So I was like, oh, y'all hating. So Simone, I'm so proud of her because I'm pretty sure it's more than we really realize what's going on. Um, for her to stay as tough and strong as she has been is incredible because I know it has not been easy. And even remember the sport was very rigid at first. They didn't want the gymnasts laughing and joking. They told Simone she played too much. But they were like, you need to stop. And Simone's like, well, I'm going to be me. This is me. If I'm like this all day, I don't do well. She mm. changed the whole dynamic. Now you see them having fun, not just her, everybody. Mm. She's a game changer. And that's why I admire her that she stuck to who she was and didn't give in. And mm. not even beat them, she beat them bad. And it's more of like, it's like me winning a hurdle race and I'm five hurdles in front. So I'm leading by 50 meters. Unbelievable. Stuff used to be decided by thousands of a point, hundreds yeah. of points. Well, the second place was like, what it was like 114.06 to like 114.50 or something like it. I mean, it's it's minimal. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I think it was, uh, uh, Sunisa Lee, is that how you say that name? Suni Lee. Suni Lee, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, from St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. She's good. Um, yeah, from from what I've been reading about her, she was, I mean, you know, she definitely doing her thing, 2019 World Championships. She won silver on the floor and bronze on the uneven bar. She, she doing her thing, you know, three medals. That's not bad. Um, and then, you know, of course, we got, you know, Jordan Childs, who was third in um, – then uh, and they train together. Jordan and Simone train together at World Championship World Champion hey, Center. My my, they they they. You'll be happy to know they both train out of Texas too. No, that they no. I, I was just. No. And you know that's another right. Simone's parents built the gym. Simone's parents built yeah, that. Yeah, Ron and uh, I think. What's and they hired name? the coaches to come in and run the gym. So Simone created her own like her parents. It's just it's amazing. Her parents are like, yeah. oh, we're going to buy you a gym and we're just going to bring these coaches in for you. And then we're going to bring all these kids in and we're going to create champions. It's yeah, great. Ron and, and Nellie Biles are the owners and her parents. Um, mm -hmm. And that's out of Spring, Texas. That's H-Town. That's the H. <laughs> Go up the H. <laughs> happy, right? um, I get so tired of Texas every week, man. <laughs> you know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> and then Scott Blakely, she's out of Frisco, Texas. Another yep. Texan, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in Woga Gymnastics. <laughs> He's a Woga with Nazi's family, yeah. Yeah, the thing that blew my mind about this Woga thing, I was really checking this Woga thing out. Blew my mind. The coaches are former champions from the USSR. 
Um, and they they've won. Uh, it said that they've won more medals than than the U.S. by themselves as coaches. Wow, that was crazy. Remember Carly Patterson? She was yeah. one in 04. Nasia Liukin in 08 one. Yeah. That makes no sense. How your yeah. coaches won more medals than our country. That you know, that, that's crazy. It's like, you know, hey, when they say something, you better listen. And you know, no. No. I, I just want you to, I want to point this out, Big G. That happens right here in the great state of Texas, baby. You know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Courtesy of Ricky Bobby Ink. You know that's what that is. Uh, Tate, you better tell him. You better tell him, Tate. You better let him know. O-H, I-O. Listen, man, listen. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, so when we think we're talking about uh, gymnastics here, um, I, I want to make sure that first and foremost, I say something about B-Dirt. B-Dirt said, Damu dropping knowledge. Uh, she should be a permanent fixture. I mean, she's she's always welcome. Her card is punched here at the Know It All podcast, so she can do what she do. You know, definitely she can get it in. Um, but who do you got? Who Who's your money on outside of Simone? We know Simone is the Michael Jordan of this sport. So um, tell me who you got, who you got running up second. It's going to be between SUNY and um, Jordan. Uh, SUNY, honestly, in 2019 World, I don't know if you guys were watching, she was giving Simone a run for her money because SUNY's starts value is not is not that far off Simone's. Mm-hmm. And she's the only one I've seen that has really tried to challenge her um, on the start value area. So SUNY was actually in 2019, they were one too. And if she would have hit her routine, Simone still would have run, don't get me wrong. But it would have been super close. And that's why I like SUNY because she's not scared. She does, everybody, she's like trying to beat Simone, like, which is Great, that's what we need. And Jordan is right there. Jordan, but the US only can take two to the finals. So it's gonna be between those three. I don't know. We gotta watch and see who can handle the nerves. Those, those, those three are competing for two spots. Yeah, each country gets two gymnasts per country to compete oh, in the all around finals. So everybody can't go. Um, so we gotta see who does well throughout the team competition and who can be the sharpest and put those routines together. Yeah, that's, that's man, when you start thinking about that, that's a, a nerve-wracking thing. And that's something I wanted to talk <laughs> to you about as well. Like, you train all this time for that one moment, for that 30 seconds, for that, that 12 seconds, that 15 seconds, that 10 seconds. Man, how important is it for you to, to have nothing on your plate, nothing on your mind, to just be blank when you go into these places and do what you've been trained to do. How important is that to not have anything on your plate? Well, from my experience, well, I'll tell you what I went through. I just, my husband is such a great mental coach. He's like, if we ain't going to win, we ain't going. He says, we not going to just, it's not, oh, I made it to trials to qualify. He's like, no, you not. I went into Olympic trials in 2008. I had the fastest time in the world. So when you're going into the meet, it's like you need to be top in the world in our training group. I don't know how other people think. I'm not knocking what other people, disclaimer, I'm not knocking what other people think. But this is how Star Athletics thinks. If you are not ready to go and, and like you said, there's not two whole people that are going to beat me today, period. Because it only take three. So I run hurdles, like you said, excuse my language, ish happens, right? So he said, 
times. If you hit a hurdle, whatever. Indoors, I made a mistake. I hit the hurdle, fell, did not make the world indoor team. He said, and then what happened to me when I went into that final at Olympic trials, I'll never forget it. I was standing there and I was like, my hamstring actually was bothering me. And I told him in the warm area after the semifinal, I said, Dennis, my hamstring feels, I don't know. He says, well, you have a choice to make. Either you go run this race and pull or you can not run and walk away. Mm. I said, we running. I said, wait, I said, run to your pool. So I knew going into that final, I was not a hundred percent, but I had trained so hard. I had been so fit and I had been so sharp that I knew muscle memory was going to kick in. So I was like, no matter what, Damu, you're going to run these hurdles and you're going to get it done. Honestly, I blacked out. I really don't remember much. The only thing I remember is I hit the 10th hurdle again. Like what happened to me on the last hurdle indoors. I said, but this time I'm not going down. And I was pissed because I was in second because Lola was winning. I was like, ah! me and her be battling. And I was like, she was way in front. And I was like, God, I gotta, I, said, I gotta get back up there. And I remember trying to push to push the pace to get up there with her. I hit the hurdle. And then I was like, oh crap, oh crap. And I remember hitting the hurdle and just like crossing the line. I was like, I know I made this team. I know I made this team. It was like making the team was the only option. There was nothing else like that mattered to me. So I look at the scoreboard and I saw I was second. I was actually angry that I didn't win because the goal was to go into the meet to win. And then I paused and I was like, girl, you going to the Olympics? <laughs> you know, and it was just like, who cares you didn't win? You got second. Like, so it's just that you have to dial in in that moment. Cause like, like he would tell us in practice and he was like, if you're sick today, come to practice. If it's raining, we're practicing unless it's lightning. If it's sure. if you're not feeling well, I don't care. If you're having an argument, and sometimes it's sad. If sometimes if you have a family member, it's getting close to a major championship, and there's an issue, you gotta train because because they're not gonna. If you have to run at two twenty one p.m. on Sunday, July whatever date that is, two thousand whatever it is, they're not gonna be like, oh, Damu has an appointment. Oh, Damu needs five more minutes. Mm. Oh, so we need five more minutes. So he would tell us and he would train us that way. So he'd be like, practice at nine. All right, we got it, we got it, we got a time trial, let's go. No notice, no nothing. He's like, you gotta be ready. So he prepared me, even though my hamstring wasn't all there, he just prepared me for that moment, no matter what was it happening, what was in my way at that time, that you think nothing, but not two whole people gonna beat me today, period. Like, it's not happening. And that's the mentality. <laughs> hey, I, I, I like remember, <laughs> that whole season leading up to the Olympics, like yeah. you and Lolo had a special rivalry going on. We was going at it because no. I would have to <laughs> me and her was going at it, but it was good for both of us. I mean, it was good. It was good. We it, we pushed each other. And uh and and when 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 we were when we went to when we went to Cutter with you guys, um I went to one of the nighttime practices with Dennis and then it was Isaiah and Caitlin and Couple other, couple other, you guys, athletes at the time, and just to be standing there at the edge of the track, to be standing there, Ma and Big G, them <laughs> jokers be moving. Yeah. Oh man, you, you I mean, you know, me, I mean, we, we, I see it on TV. I see it on when some joker running on the football field, but to be standing on the edge of the track, and when them jokers won by you, you feel wind, bro. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't got to tell me. I know what? it, man. Hey, big shout out to Cara J for watching from Australia. Appreciate you. Appreciate oh, you. Oh, wow. Australia. Hey, cool. She says she's really enjoying hearing Damu's story. Oh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, listen, take when it comes to, to moving like that, man. You know, once again, it's Texas, baby. That's what speed comes from. Speed hold on, hold on. You already had your Texas moment. Let's be clear. Florida and Texas, okay? Mr. Amu said, let's be perfectly clear. We got what NBA, we got track. Come on, come on now. Don't 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 well, do you know. Part. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. When it comes <laughs> down to athletes, athletes, Florida. Georgia, Texas, yes. California, you're yes. gonna find them there. Uh, you're gonna find them there. Now, we don't got, we got, we got, we got you know LeBron I mean? James. We got LeBron. Y'all do okay. All right. <laughs> I'll do. I, I get, you know, even a blind squirrel find a nut every once in a while. I just want you to know. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> so hey, that move. Hey, I got one more question. question. I got one question. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Can you can you walk? Walk me through because I, I just don't understand what I'm seeing when they're talking about this dismount that Simone Biles does that like nobody else can do. Like, I, you know, like they I, I went back and rewound it and watched it. And I was like, is that humanly possible for somebody to do the way that they're explaining it? And when she does it, it's like she's not even trying. So can you walk our viewers through like this dismount? Because this this thing is supposed to be it's going to shut it down at the Olympics. Like when she does it. It's a you wrap. Yeah. You talking about the double pike vault or the, which yeah, one? Yeah, off, I mean, off the vault, off the vault. The vault. Okay, the vault. vault. Yeah. Well, if you watch, there's a video Simone did. And it's great. She explains it perfectly. It's a vault that only men attempt to do because if you do one wrong move, she said it, you can break your legs. Mm. Like it's that serious. If you land wrong, it literally you have to be careful. So the fact that she's even throwing it or even attempting it, no woman has ever done it in the history of the sport because mm -hmm. most women don't have the power to do it. But she is, and one thing about Simone, people talk about her power, but one thing, she was trained very well. Her technique is impeccable. That's mm -hmm. another thing. So you match that technique and talent, that's in any sport. You, it looks like she's not trying, but her technique is so much, so amazing, great form. <laughs> She has oh the best air sense I've ever seen of anybody in the world. Mm. You have to know where you are. Okay, and time, time out, time out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Air, air sense. The, tell us what the see so you. You're giving us oh, terms sorry. now. You got okay, to break these terms down. When you're in gymnastics and you're tumbling, one of the things the coaches teach you you have to spot the ground. You have to know when you're landing, right? So if you notice when they're doing front tumbling, where they're tumbling and they're facing forward and they land forward, they'll say it's a blind landing. You have to train that because you have to feel the ground with your feet because you can't spot the ground before you land. And when I say wow. spot, the ground, I'm literally looking at the ground as I'm flipping, I tumble and I spot my floor so I know where my feet are going to land. So when you're doing something with the blind landing, you don't you have like a front aerial on beam, which is like a flip in the air with no hands. They literally cannot see the beam. You have to feel it. And it's a training. It's an air, the sense of feeling the beam like impeccable even with the dismount the vault you're talking about mm -hmm. simone the air she knows where she is upside down basically that's air sense she can flip a hundred times and not get dizzy most of us get vertigo and she right. will know where she's at i've never wow. seen yeah yeah I'm wow about, it's gonna be knee meat everywhere after i come down on on one of them it's over with i you know that's crazy that's crazy Man, you, ain't, you, you you ain't flipping 
Yeah, into some water, I flip. I flip into some water. I ain't <laughs> nowhere else. You know, I do a great flip into some water now. You don't get me started. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the young ladies that I talk to are so excited about that dismount. And that's why I brought it up because they're like, this is like impossible. Like a female can't do this. And there's like, she can do it and nobody else can do it. So that, that's that. Yeah. She just blessed with her talent, her technique. She's just born to do what she does. And she's also. I mean, the TV doesn't do it justice. The girl's this tall. I mean, she, because I saw her when we were at Nike in Rio, and I asked her. Wait, 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 hold, 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 hold. You're five four. So how tall is she? She's like four eight, four nine. Oh wow! I was a okay. giant to her, and oh, I was wow. like, oh my god! I, said, I knew she was short, but till you see her, that's another asset. She's tiny. Mm. So okay. I, it's amazing, and I was just like, she's, she's tiny and she's strong, like just. No facts. You can see that. You can definitely see that. So, it's kind of switching gears a little bit, Damu. Um, You haven't think about this. You you've been at the Olympics before. You know what that's all about. Now, add in COVID, that's kind of changing the whole dynamic of what we're seeing here in the Olympics. And we just had Coco Golf now, who's not going to compete in the Olympics because of COVID. And we had a couple of our basketball players under COVID protocol. So, I mean, how, how difficult? I know you you would just be assuming, and assumptions is the lowest form of knowledge, but I'm just saying, you know, how difficult is this? Because in like for five weeks, they, they can't be around anybody. They have to shut have themselves to off in the world. I can tell you what's going on. My husband's leaving. He has to go through the True. process now. True. Okay, so yeah. tell us about that. Walk us okay, through that. Basically, he comes home, and I'm like, what are all these COVID tests for? Um, they have to do, they have apps, they have everything. They have to basically, he can't be around a lot of people. He has to, you know, he's had the vaccine, so he's okay, but you still got to be careful. And they have to get tested every day. I think starting tomorrow, I wasn't home this weekend. He may have already started. Mm. And he has to literally test. You do it on a Zoom call and they have to do that every day. And then they basically, like at trials, they were tested almost every day at Olympic trials. That's why you saw nobody with mask on. Because if you had positive, you had to go. Like it was literally every day and they're following that same procedure. So now what the athletes are missing on, we're like, where well, we would go to a training camp for two weeks before we would go to the Olympics. Now they're just leaving like them. They're leaving in time for their events and they're not allowed out of the village. No one's allowed in the village, no spectators, no fans. So obviously I can't go. So he can go because he has five people competing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sad because parents can't go. I feel, I, I'm just thinking about what if that was my daughter going. <laughs> Yeah, and we talked the other day. I talked to Dennis last week, and and he he told us that you know that they're, they're not having a traditional Olympic opening ceremonies where all the athletes walk in with their country's flags and all that stuff. They're not doing that this year. So yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's like a big opening kickoff to every Olympics, right? Yeah, and an empty stadium. How weird is that? And that's usually the biggest crowd you ever run run with, or swim with or do gymnastics with. So everybody's yeah. going to be competing with no one in the stands. So honestly, the cool part about it, they train every day with no one in the stands, right? So they're going to have to feed off of each other's energy. Um, for some athletes, I believe it's going to be an asset because some athletes freak out. Honestly, when you walk to that stadium, if you're not prepared, you freak out. So it may benefit those who may freak out who have never been on the big stage before. Others, it may not do as for them because they they feed off of the crowd. So yeah. We'll see. It's be an interesting Olympics. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the bubble when you thought about the 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 bubble in the NBA that happened last yeah. year. You know, it was it was really different because, you know, of course, the crowd makes everybody go crazy. I mean, look at the difference it's made in this year's uh NBA uh finals. I mean, it's crazy. Um, you it's crazy about, to see you, that. You talking about that that Milwaukee pick I made about a week ago? Yeah, no, I still th- I, I said it I said Phoenix in seven. So okay. the fact that I said Phoenix in seven, we still got you, one more you, game. You, you said Phoenix and Big G said Phoenix. So at the end of the day, only one of us will be right. Yeah, only one. <laughs> only one. They can all, like Highlander, there could be only one. And yeah, hey, I, I give you that. I would give you that. Hey, I wanna I wanna ask Damu. Um so what 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 athletes the star athletic have, have going to the Olympics then? And then, then just just give us maybe some of your takes on, on on some of these track events of the people you know who you think is who you think are going to perform well and maybe win gold. Um, well, we have uh, Javian Oliver. She got second in the women's hundred meters at U.S. Uh, Olympic trials. Um, we have Kenny Bednarik. He got second in the two hundred meters at, at Olympic trials, and he's going in the four by one as well. And Javian will be running the four by one as well. We have Kaylin Whitney, who's running the 4 by 400 relay and the mixed relay, which is the first Olympics they're holding a mixed relay. For men and women? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Like, like two of each? Like two Yeah, you'll of see it. Okay. I just I'm not going to watch World Championships. Oh. Side note, y'all need to go to World Championships in Eugene. First time being held on U.S. soil uh, next year. Oh, Wow. Hmm. So right. anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't leave my other people out. <laughs> we have. I don't know about y'all. I'm trying to skate. I'm trying to skate in. Let me skate in. I'm sitting way at the top. It don't matter to me as long as I'm there. I just want to skate in. I can't believe this. I can't believe this, Miss Damu. Look how Tate be doing this, man. Just throwing us out to the woods. You don't care, man. You know what I'm saying? We supposed to be brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, let me give you my other two. I'm missing two people. I can think of let me give me the other two. We have um Canadian athletes as well. The Canadian champion Aaron Brown in the 100 and 200, and then we have Jerome Blake, who's run running the four by one for Canada. Mm, and that's wow. wow. And so, my husband, who obviously three-time Olympian himself, and he's been. I was his first Olympian. He's taken Olympians. He's had Olympians every Olympics since then, since he's been coaching. And then wow. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis was the coach of the 2016 women's relay team, right? The whole relays for the United States, he was. The men okay. The, the women got gold, though. Yes. Yeah. The men, that's another conversation. They had a little I watched, the, I watched a tape on Dennis on YouTube the other day, and I did not realize how fast he was. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, like he really, 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 really was fast. Like He's I didn't, really, I mean, like, you know, like because during that era, you know, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm telling you, I got some bias about certain runners. You know, there's certain dudes that I'm like, man. And then I went back and I saw that tape on Dennis. I was like, man, putting mm-hmm. it at, putting them down and picking them up for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's he was good. He was good, and he's I, honestly. He's a great athlete, but I believe he, not many athletes can transition from athlete to coach. Mm. So you can be good, but for him to be able to relay that information to these young athletes and they get it and mm. they repeat it and do it, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. So he's very good at what he does. He's a student of the sport, I will say that, because sometimes I'll walk in, I'll be like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm trying to get these workout cycles together. I'm watching video. I'm like, do your thing. I walk away. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, I strongly believe that coaching is the difference between great and elite. I think the gap between great and elite is coaching. That's why I strongly believe that. And so when you have a when you have a person that's not you, that's vested just as much as you are or more, man, you can't do you can't help but be great. You know, yeah. so that, that that's a good thing to hear. So I, I have one more question. I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, I was saying I coached. Um, I didn't tell you guys this, but um, I coached gymnastics when I before I got my Nike contract because I wasn't this like I told you I wasn't a star athlete, so I had to work and train for a while. Mm. And I had my little my girls that I coached. They were gymnasts, and I coached all the way up until I got my sign with Nike, and they helped me accountable. Those kids were like coach if you you better run your race if you got us doing these routines and this this and that so those girls were like they helped me yeah great because they would hold me account they're like we're gonna watch the tv and they would watch the meet and they'd be like you didn't win they're like you need to win and i was just like oh my god so i felt more pressure from my girls which was good i had like level four five and six gymnasts and i coached at brandy johnson's gymnastics who was also a, a 88 olympian and we're really mm. good friends she helped me get through that transition where I could work and train and she would let me take breaks if I was tired of standing because she understood what it took to get to that next level. So she was a pivotal part in my career as well. This is, this is you know, kind of my last question on, on track. And then we, you know, just uh, definitely I'll let you give your, your clothing remarks here and, and just talk about anything that you would like to kind of highlight on the Olympics. Um, but so, you hear this term win aided win aided when we're talking about running right um this year in the great state of texas um young high school kids ran a 99 and 100 6a ran a 99 100 ended up being a 10.03 still fast for a high school kid jose garcia mm -hmm. is the one that did it um, yeah so when i'm when i'm thinking about that explain to the people out there what that means when they say that it's win aided and and why that's a thing um because okay a legal basically they say legal win legal win is 2.2.0 meters per second so the wind can't be greater than two miles an hour for it to count as a le legal race so like for example i've run some really fast hurdle times but i had a 3.5 tailwind so they're like oh you ran fast that was good but you had a 3.5 tailwind behind you so we'll count it but it's not going to count on the world lead list it's not going to count as a record if it's a record so the win has to always be either 2.0 or under wow that's crazy and, and I mean, when they say headwind think about it some of the races in the finals they ran into a headwind right so they ran into a negative 1.7 so think about it you take that negative 1.7 win you're running into and then they still run fast. Yeah. They wrote they ride. They ride. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to ask. I was just about to ask. So does it work in your favor if, if you're running into it? No. So it works in your it did see, look, see. I want you to try to run into when it's windy outside and try to run into <laughs> <laughs> No, what I'm saying is, is do they take do they take time off? Do they take time off because you're running into the wind? See, no, that's I, why you know. And honestly, on an elite level, like in, in high school, you're like, oh, I'm, I feel bad for you. But on the elite level, it is what it is. Like, we know that, you know, you know, like it is what it is. And they're not going to turn the race around you because for you, because it's um, for TV. If the TV camera's already set up, TV takes precedence over everything on the elite level. High wow. school, like they're like, we're not going to change these cameras. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. they do, but sometimes they don't. But I remember a couple times I ran into a negative 4.0 headwind. Talk about I was tired. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you run into a headwind, ain't no ain't, ain't no PRs or world records getting said that. Like Dennis <laughs> said, it's W's and L's. He goes to <laughs> W's and L's. Like when there was a race in London or England this past year. It was torrential downpour, headwind, everything. He told them, y'all, look, it's about W's and L's. We ain't here trying to break records today. Mm. Just stay safe and do what you got to do. If you got do what you got to do to win the race, try your best. Mm. Right. <laughs> hey, I got, I got, I got another question, Ma, before, before you go ahead and let Damu close whatever she's going to say. And it's, and it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of related to a close anyway, but I know Damu that, you know, you, 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 you're in that transition part of your, part of your life where you're a wife and a mother and all those things right now. But I know recently that you did a, uh, you did a, you, you were a guest analyst at a, at a collegiate invitational for ESPN a, about a month or two ago. Like, I, I know that was your first time. Do you, is that something that you, that you're looking forward to venturing into and doing that kind of thing? <laughs> yes. I was super scared. Like, honestly, when they called me, I was like, I never thought about it, but I have a newfound respect for commentating and analyzing. You have to do your homework. You got to do your due diligence, which I did, but I have a newfound respect because I know sometimes I'm guilty. I don't know about you guys. You'll yell at the TV, but like, why you say that? Why you say that? You're going off of the paper that's in front of you and the facts that are given to you. And mm-hmm. then there, there you have to create a storyline. So I have a newfound respect for analysts. Is it something I want to do? Yes, I do. I want to do it going forward. You know, maybe not all the time because one of the biggest things for me is being at home with my daughter. I can tend to her her sports and I don't want to take too much time away from her. And that's one of the reasons why I work from home now. Um, I just really want to be a part of her, her career holds. I don't know what it's going to be, but we'll see. But yes, analyzing is perfect. I think athletes who are, uh, who are really um, competed at a high level in their sports I always normally, but I say normally because I've heard some that are bumbling fools. He's like, "What are you doing?" But normally they're really good. Like Tony Romo, uh, Cowboy quarterback is really good. He's really good as an analyst. Now Troy Aikman, I can't stand. <laughs> Which Troy mm-hmm. would just not call any other Cowboy games just because he's such a hater. But anyway, we're gonna move on. We're gonna <laughs> move on. Uh, hey, but but wait, well, in, in 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 our defense, we don't have papers in front of us because we just know it all, right? We do what we do. We do what we do. We know it all. But Demo, just you know, some clothing comments, what what you what we should be looking out for in the Olympics and just some things you want to lead the audience want, with. I, and, 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 and I want some predictions, at least for, for two or three races. Yeah, for sure. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm calling, I'm calling DraftKings and putting some money down. <laughs> uh, we disassociate myself from Tate at this moment. <laughs> well, y'all are crazy. Y'all are funny. Well, for me, <clears throat> excuse me, Star Athletics all day. I, I mean, honestly, like, we finna come wreck shop, period, like, on all of our events. So, talking about the Women's 100, my girl Javian, Oliver, don't sleep on her. And then um, you got Kenny Bednarik in that 200. Yeah. Be ready. Does he have a brother? Yes, he has, no, he, has he has a twin. No, brother. Okay, I thought that was right. I thought that was that guy that I was thinking about. Yes. Yeah. Is he a top, 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 top three finish for Kenny? Yeah, we trying to win. What you talking about? No, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going no. bottom line. I'm, I'm, 
My app, we talking about number one. Number okay. One. It ain't gonna be no walk in the park now. Miss Bobo, I'm not being I'm not being biased, but them Jamaicans, okay. them Jamaicans is them Jamaicans is oh <laughs> I mean well, I, yes, I, I, I I'm hoping and cheering and everything. They don't, they don't have us. Mind you, okay. Dennis Coach Justin got on the beat, you saying both. My I yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am. That's what that is. Oh yeah, that's what that is, Big G. Oh, that's what that is, Big G. In other words, no, hold on, I'm talking that talk for Don Right. I'm just saying, I'm talking that talk for Don Moose since you don't say it. Bam, that's what it is, big G. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dennis, oh, yeah. Dennis studied it. He said they were they were planning for that race. I remember Dennis goes, they came close twice, and that one it took three times, but they got them. That was that 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 was in the world championship, right? 2017 world championships. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But that, Justin that, 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 15 that, that, was beating him up until the last couple steps, and Justin stumbled and Bolt got him. Yeah. And then is Justin going to uh, to the Olympics again, right? No, no he's not going. He didn't. He, he pulled up this time, but he. You don't be surprised if he comes back. Don't be surprised. He's been fast for a long. Time. Man, yeah. oh that joke old as you, man. He's been fast. That joke old as you, man. You gotta give respect. Respects due. He, he he's he's a he's a. Oh yeah, player. yeah, yeah. So so to be doing that. To be doing what he's doing at that age is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. He, he he has to be considered one of the all-time greatest Olympic sprinters ever. I mean, track sprinters ever for the USA. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. What if the floors are yours? So you said, watch out for oh, uh, and two hundred and other events. I mean, I really enjoy the women's hurdles. Of course, I think the U.S. is going to sweep it again. Um, we're gonna go top three, period. Top three. Name, name, name. The last Olympics. Name the three. Name the three. Just give me three names. Um, Kenny Harrison, Christina. Oh, it's Clemens now. Christina Clemens. She, 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 she's the one from USC, right? She's the one that wore the Dorito earrings. No, Christina Clemens went to Ohio State. Kevin, you need to know this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey. <laughs> I y'all don't come on, y'all supposed to know y'all people. Oh, but I she do. good people. She good people. And then Kristen Kenny Harrison, she's the world record holder in the hurdles now. Um, she she's gonna medal. And then we have another girl, Gabby. She's young, but I believe she has the talent to do it to pull it off to get third. So, and isn't there isn't there a, a girl from around man in Waldorf, Maryland that, that made the team? Is she a girl? Christina? Oh, that's yeah. Christina. She's yeah. on trial state. Oh, oh, from here. Oh, right? yeah. She's from there, but she went to Ohio State. Right, right, right. Okay. And then, of course, in the um, relays, I'd like the USA all day. And then um, Jamaica's going to give us run for our money. I'm not knocking Jamaica at all. And then also, um, I'm looking forward to the women's 400 hurdles. You know, Sydney McLaughlin. And, um, oh, she bad. She, yeah. she, first of all, first of all, <laughs> who going to run? 400, 400 meters jumping over some stuff. Man, I'll be done past that. What, what's her time? What is her time? Up, Mr. The world record. She, 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 she just Most said I can't run the 400 right? meters that fast. I can't run the 400 meters <laughs> when I was at my prime. I know I can't do it now, but <laughs> she, 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 she ran what again? But Delano Muhammad, too. Remember, she had the world record. They, whenever they race each other, world records happen. So Delilah broke the world world record last Worlds. Sydney broke the world record this time around. I cannot oh, wait. 
what they gonna now, do. Hold on, I got a question. I got a question. Well, let me let me comment on uh, um, Valerie Terry Tate. We know who that is. Hey, she sister. Just to, she just definitely wanted to say great podcast. She appreciates you for coming in. Now, what was this time again? Fifty-one nine. So let me Ooh. let me tell y'all something. Man. Listen, <laughs> listen, when we talking about the uh, a fifty-one a uh, uh, a great time and a quarter. In, in, in a 40, you're, you're talking about, you know, 40. When you're running 41s, 40s, you're flying. We, we, we're flying over hurdles. This is hurdles. We're talking about people jumping over stuff, running. Now, you, that's hard. That is Mad challenging, respect. man. Mad Listen, that is challenging. Is it high hurdles or just hurdles? Their, holders, their women's hurdles are all the way down for the 400 hurdles, but still, it's the lowest setting, 30, 30 inches. That's about your waist. My ways. I don't know about your ways. My rolling, ways. Um, rolling, man, rolling. She, rolling. Was, she, she, she was McLaughlin, McLaughlin. Yeah, Sydney. Yeah. She, she was a high schooler back in 2016, and she was an Olympic team. Yeah, but she yeah. didn't make it to the semifinals, yeah. so she has a. She's ready to come back this time and show them. Look, I'm ready now. Ooh, yeah, I, I, I watched that race. At, at, I guess it was at, at the trials when she set the world record. Yep. Yeah, man, she was she was flying. That yeah. makes no sense to me. That and then no you got to anyway, we're going to shut up and we're going to let Damu finish talking. Oh, we're sorry. Gonna and then, no of course, you. like I said, we got our people in the 100, our guy Aaron and um, 100 and, and the 200, Aaron as well, Aaron Brown. Um, I think another good race, honestly. We all sleep on these distance races. Honestly, I love what I don't, I can't give you names. I just like the the, the competition of the 1500 meters mm. because you think that's three and a half laps around the track. These, they are riding. And then they sprint that last lap. It's just a fun race to watch. And I usually don't watch it till major championship, but it's a fun race to watch. And I like watching the women's 800, the men's 800. Um, I'm mad respect for that because I'm not running two laps of anything. Um, maybe for a warm-up, but it's, <laughs> I give respect for that race. And then also the men's 400 hurdles is going to be really good. There may be a world record go down there. Because um, you got some foreign athletes that are really good. I don't remember their exact names, but there's some. Put it this way: everything's going to be good. Hey, hey, Damu, who, who, they've been amazing. Who, 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 who's the guy that, that that ran the fastest time for 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 the U.S. men this year? In the 400 hurdles? No, in the hundred. In the hundred. In the hundred. I'm sorry. Oh, Bramel. You know he's from St. Pete. Bra he's from Bramel. Yeah, Bramel. That dude yeah. fast too, man. Another story from him. The people that counted him out. He wasn't. He had Achilles injuries. He didn't think he was going to make it back. Wow. And he, back and not only came back but he what came. was the time i don't remember what he ran i think he ran did he run nine nine or nine eight i don't remember it was if i remember what i saw yeah i can't remember but, but he's been out for a few years with injuries so I'm, I'm happy to see him back um i root for people i mean yes i have our people that i'm going for but i root for people with that drive that don't quit I root for people that have been down. I root people like myself who weren't the best coming out. And I root for people who are great, like Allison Felix. She's amazing. Yeah. She, she's her. back, right? She's back in the 200? No, the 400. The 400. 400. Yeah, she made, I, I don't think she made it in the 200. No, nah, she didn't. Hey, Ma, you, you was going to ask. Oh, yeah, Gabby. Gabby Thomas in the 200. The Harvard yeah. grad. Oh, yeah, the Harvard, the Harvard, Harvard grad. Yeah. I know her coach, Tanja. Tanja's, Tanja ran with Dennis. Tanja's a great coach, too. So I'm rooting that women's 200 going to be off the chain, too. Yeah. Hey, Ma, you, you, we talked about, you was going to ask a question about, you know, you some some people talking about boycotting the Olympics for various reasons and stuff. You was going to 
ask thoughts on that. Well, so I mean, you, we've we've heard this we've heard this narrative. Um, you know, that it's where you know I, I I'm around and I'm in the barbershops and you know definitely you hear the the rumblings and there are people who are talking about boycotting and sitting this year's Olympics out. Um, what would you say to someone who said, "Hey, I'm just gonna sit this out because I don't feel like one, we're getting a fair shake, and then two, uh, you know, running for the country? Why?" I get with everything that's going on and has gone on these past few years. I'm going to say four few years. Um, things have happened, and a lot of uncomfortable things have happened. I've I've experienced them with some of my so-called friends and. It's been very challenging for everyone. But I think the one thing that does pull us all together, if you remember last year, there was no sports. We yeah. couldn't watch nothing. Yes, you had the bubble, the NBA or whatever. But for the most part, I was bored. I was like, I want to watch tennis. I'm like, dang, I don't watch golf, anything. I want And I told Dennis, I was like, I realize how much I love sports. I love seeing people, the competition, the camaraderie, the yeah. back and forth, the rivalries, the stories, how people slept in their cars and then they made it, or people who just didn't have it and then they figured it out and they got it. We need to focus on that and take away, yes, our country's not perfect. Yes, it's not everything that we want it to be, but what is? Think about it, what is? Um, so we have to find, like I do every day, and Kevin, you know this when I do my mornings that go, you have to find something positive. What is that one positive thing that you could find? And I try to do this every day. Even if I had a crappy day, I'm like, what is the one positive thing I can take out of it? So what is the one positive thing we can find from the Olympics? One thing about the Olympics that happens every four years and it brings the whole wide world together, yeah. which is very difficult to do, period. So this is the one time where all these athletes get together. You get to see who's the best of the best. And then you can throw in the race card Come on, we we need you, us yeah. African American athletes, because if we sometimes if, remember, there's a time when we couldn't compete in the Olympics. So this the microaggressions we have now is minor, considering before we couldn't even go. Right. Yeah. We got. We got. We got. We, we got J Jesse Owens from from the great Ohio, the Ohio State University. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you know, here we go, man. You know, every time we get to going, got to pull somebody from Ohio out behind. But okay. Anyway, we want to send shout out. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Great. Great information. Great information, and very inspiring. Very inspiring yeah. because people need to hear it from a person that's been there. You know, they really need to hear that information. Absolutely. And we got to support each other in everything we do. I mean, any anything we're doing. I mean, it's just not just sports, just like vice president. Come on. I mean, we have for history's being made. There's history being made, even with some people. This extra year gave them that drive or that extra energy to be able to be to show you how good they are. I heard a lot Absolutely. of athletes say this extra year helped me. So support them and not just our African, support people. I'm a people person. Yes, we want to support black people and African-Americans. We need to support people, love yeah. everybody because other everybody has a story. Everybody has a, a, a way that they got there in their journey. And we need to support just people, love people for people. And if we all can get back to that, which I would love for the world to get back to that, it'd be a better place. That's right, <laughs> definitely. So I'm, I'm, I'm for real, after this, I got two things and I'm going to let you go because we've okay. held you for a minute. 
Uh, I want to say what's up to Robert Cage and Lamar Thomas for definitely hanging out with us this whole time. What's up? Thank you guys for tuning in. Last thing, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago when we first got on the phone in pre-show interview. Um, and I want to get your thoughts because we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. And we talked about NIL, name, image, and likeness happening for college athletes. And I thought that you had a real a real great take on it. And I want to make sure that we get that and allow people to hear that take. What do you think and what is your um thought process when it comes to name, image, and likeness and kids getting paid for that in college um, now and that decision that just happened? I think it's great. It's about time. Because um, I think that a lot of athletes, like what they always say, strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. So it kind of forces athletes, maybe they may not want to go pro. Like a good example, our young athlete, she was 17 when she signed with Nike. But then when she signed with Nike, she had to let her college sports years go. You have a choice to make, you know? And it's like, you better, like you say, strike while it's hot. Because if you don't sign now, what if you get injured? What if this is not there later? What if this is not there? So they should be able to do that. And I think it's a great thing. And not just not just like major shoe companies, but maybe like say, say now you have YouTube stars, TikTok stars. Like it's a whole nother level of things that are going on now. And I think these athletes should be able to do that. The university's making millions of dollars already. So why can I make money off of me? It's me, it's, it's me, it's me. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I and we had we had a All-American on uh, last week and we talked about this. And one of the things that he pointed out was, is the kids that actually support the sport that come and, you know, wanting to get their favorite athlete from their favorite college's autograph and how, you know, the, that's going to actually start to affect and impact that. Um, what do you think about that? This last thought. What do you think about that? What do you think about the kids not really being able to get, you know, um, autographs? Because now it takes away from that person's, you know, name, image and likeness and them getting paid for it. Um, because, you know, kids could come and somebody could pose themselves as kids and, you know, behave, sign this, sign this. And now they're selling it. What do you think about that? Oh, I, that's really interesting because I honestly never thought about that. Hmm. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, he's God. a good kid. He's, KJ's a good kid. And he thought he threw it out there and we we all were like, wow, yeah, we ain't even thought you about got me. That. I never thought about that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh Y'all got me quiet for the first time. <laughs> that is a first. <laughs> Kevin, you're going to get it after this. You're going to get it after this, Tate. I honestly never thought about that. Um, I don't see it as a problem, to be honest with you. But I don't see, I guess I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm not that big. I don't see why you, why does the autograph thing have to change? Is this when you're in like NFL maybe? No, kids. Kids come to college games. I've seen it all the time at UT where kids will throw, you know, shirts and food and, and um, the, the player's face and ask them to, you know, sign it. But now since I'm getting paid for my autograph, I'm getting paid for my name, image, and likeness. Now, you know, it makes an athlete reluctant to do so, right? Yeah. And, I mean, man, listen. I honestly believe. But I'm not, I, I'm not on the level. Like basketball, I know the – higher the, the American sports, I guess, because track is more of a European sport. 
So from our 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 side of it, people are you walk out of the hotel, they're you get stuff in the mail, and people want you to sign it, and they're, wow. and they're and they're coming to you at the meet, and you're just signing it. We don't think like that. We just sign it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't really have but any track athletes now have to think about that in college. You have to think about because everybody has the opportunity to get paid for their name, image, and likeness now. That's I think, right. I think. I mean, I, I, I understand the point KJ brought up, and I and I and I completely think that that it could be something. But I think I think when 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 you're a collegiate athlete, and if a young person comes up to you and wants an autograph. To me, I feel like you, you just do it. You know what I mean? You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't worry about it because you know, just, just 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 like just like if a guy at the gas station or the grocery store outside the grocery store asked me for a couple dollars, I they 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 could be going to buy alcohol with it or do something nefarious with it, but I give it to them out of how I feel. Like you, it was on my heart to give this person this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like the athletes have to kind of take that take that perspective on it, that view on it. And you know, a little kid come up to you, you know, sign this for me, please, and go ahead and do it. Don't don't worry about what could have been lost with that particular with that particular autograph. Yeah, right. But if you got a group of kids, I, I mean, so I can see it from both sides. Yeah, I, I think you know, definitely as a collegiate athlete, if you got this whole group of kids, how do you know it's still pure? You know what I'm saying? How do you know it's still pure? They they make it and. This is like, you know, a business for them now, you know? Right. So, I mean, I can see it from both ways. I would personally, I agree with you. I agree with Damu. I'm signing it. It is what it is. But at the same time, you, I have been around these athletes in, in, in uh, Texas, and we, I've sat here and watched this group of kids not just have one thing to sign, but they have a football. They have a helmet. They have a jersey. How do you know this is not a collector? You know what I'm saying? Sending a kid out there. How do you know that that's not happening, right? So now when you're getting paid for it and, you know, you're just giving away money now. Hmm. Wow. That's something to think about. Wow. I never thought – I was just, like, thinking about the athletes getting paid. I never thought about all the other nuances with it. Yeah, because collegiate athletics can be a dirty – it's always been a dirty business. Mm. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. But listen, Damu, we thank you for your time. I really do. Uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, let that go by and say, you know, hey, we we appreciate you for coming on and just sharing your time with us. You've been on here for for an hour. You definitely dropped some jewels. Uh, Listen, if, you know, you want to come back, I want you to know you have a standing invitation. And unlike Tate, I'll invite you anywhere you know see tape won't invite us nowhere you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he just going on his own thing he get in the door and he shut the door on us yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying yeah. but if you like what you heard make sure you like and subscribe just you know on youtube we're there every sunday and then also you'll be able to catch us on twitch at modisms and also we're live on facebook man so we really appreciate you kicking Thank it you. and hanging out with us damu and Thanks, as always you. man we'll see you here next week with Big G, Tate, and we out. Thank you, guys.